Last week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. Stairwell falls through the shaft, and this is what happens. The first hundred feet, you fall, and you just... You're going through the stonework of this castle. When the last night of Highbury plummeted out of the castle. And you go through the rocky base of the cliff. After 200 feet, you exit and you are just free falling below the flight. Why does all six seconds have to happen right then? It doesn't make any sense. The sorcerer risked it all to save him. Sorrel! And she'll charge forward. And swan dive into the pit after him. Swan dive! <laughs> and though the battle above was far from over, Sir Will and Metra are 600 feet away beneath the flying cloud castle, just free falling, skydiving out the hole, leaving Blind Nestor Coin barren. And Lexington the Magical Wolf against two huge creatures with crazy reach. The gunslinger was there to end it. And that kills the earth. Oh my god! The adventure continues. Question. Yes. Are they going to shoot harpoons at us? That is an excellent question. No. Summer in the city, back of my neck, getting dirty and gritty. It is hot today in New York City, and it's even hotter in the studio. Let's talk about it. Grant, you have somehow <laughs> taken on the role of uh, basically the cloud engineer of our air conditioner. And there was a fist fight that almost broke out between you and Matthew <laughs> yeah. uh, about your differing views on how this air conditioner uh, should be used. And I think we should air that out. At the top uh, of the it, show. It goes down to Matthew not wanting to experiment at all and even give it a second. He, his, <laughs> his main uh, complaint was that he was so hairy and so soaked already. I heard him say uh, that. Like, like Swamp Thing, basically, mm-hmm. but replaced the, the various plants that he's composed of with hair. Just hair. Uh, I, don't, I don't dispute. You'll have time for your rebuttal. <laughs> no, I disagree. Okay. I don't dispute any of that. He was, he, he was, he was, uh, he was feeling the heat. And, yeah. uh, you know, I don't blame him. I wasn't feeling the heat. I was just trying to get this... Uh, Audio podcast sounded good. It's audio podcast. Matthew, your rebuttal? I don't disagree with any of that. Okay. Grant, is, Grant has been inured to high temperatures since he was but a wee, a wee bairn. That's true. I wasn't feeling much heat. Like, it's... I didn't think... It's, it's also great. directly in the path of one of the air conditioning yes. vents. And we are, we are enclosed mm-hmm. by this set. This horrible well, set. Well, you have one right behind you, but you have a set behind uh, you blocking it a bit. Yeah, also, right. someone that tall has grown up being accustomed to certain altitudes and temperatures. He does rise. Yes. The top of his head must be freezing at all times. <laughs> there's little... Uh, there's little... <laughs> <laughs> There's a little. Oh, those were frosted tips. Yeah. There's just, just snow. Yeah. Accumulation. Like the top of the rock. You guys don't understand how much money I make from the ski resort on the back of my head. <laughs> That's why there's no trees on the very top of his head. See, that because makes it's sense. above the tree line. <laughs> oh. What the part of the story Troy left out is that Grant, uh, Grant and I uh, got heated 
mm-hmm. in the heat. Really and did. then Grant ignored me, and then Troy complained until, until yeah. <laughs> Grant turned it back on. Yeah, this, <laughs> and the, suddenly we were, I found myself with strange bedfellows. This, this story does have some twists and turns. Uh, I wasn't really paying attention, uh, so I, uh, I started to chip in, uh, mainly to stir the pot, but also because I was getting hot. And I was like, can we actually... It, I sorry, think sorry, we sorry. Turn just to clarify, on. he wasn't getting hot after, like, doing some push-ups or something like that, or, like, the passage of 45 minutes. It was about eight seconds after this conversation had happened. Troy's like, pops his head up and just, I'm getting hot. <laughs> you guys getting hot. And Grant's just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Turn it back on. That's what happens when it gets this hot. It's like, I thought Grant was about to throw a trash can through a pizzeria window. <laughs> I will say. The, the network has almost ended for, with this kind of heat. I know. Yeah, I know. It's true. It's, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it's working for y'all, and I'm closer to this fact. I feel I'll, better. I'll give you that. But mm-hmm. I think closing the blinds has helped the temperature in here quite a bit. Well, here's the thing. So then, during all of this, I missed the extra discussion. Or maybe there was no discussion. The engineer just took it, it upon himself. It's pretty much a unilateral grant decision. <laughs> he started <laughs> shutting blinds. <laughs> Blocking the, off the sight of the outside world. Are we these, got these drapes, new, technically? Yeah, drapes? yeah these, I guess these would be drapes. We got these beautiful blackout curtains. Um, we got them uh, before when we thought uh, Androids and aliens would be coming back to the studio uh and it's not uh so we we said well gcp 2.0 is going to happen in here so we got to put them up so you close them all and they're great they do the job they block out the sun but it makes me sad to record when it's such a, a, a bright day out notice yeah. i didn't say beautiful because this temperature is terrible but it's bright i want to be reminded of the day but you, you know and you are a fan of cheap fast or good pick two i know so if you if you want to see the sun out there you're going to be bitching about how hot it is in here again i know so wait which pick cheap which Cheap, fast, or cold, I think. It, it yeah, cheap, meant. fast, or cold. <laughs> so I chose cheap and cold. You you mitigated right. one of the decisions, which was opening 20% of the drapes, maybe, I guess. Cheap and fast. I think, it, I think it was a good compromise, actually. I think it, it worked out okay. Yeah, it's doing okay. I was going to open up just the curtain that blasted you with heat. So you'd be hot <laughs> on your face, but cold on your neck. I like it. And then, you'd get a, then you'd get the flu. You guys, it doesn't it doesn't bother me as much. It it really doesn't. What doesn't it, bother the heat in recordings? Like it doesn't <laughs> fire me up. Like I'm fired up anyway. Yeah, and it's like the way Matthew looks around all of us. Like his little look when we're hungry. He's like, I can't even stand playing with you all when you're hungry. It's like that's how I feel <laughs> about get, when you, you're you all. You all become <laughs> yes, two and a half year olds. <laughs> right. And when it's hot, it's that's what I see around me. I'm like, what's, what's the problem, guys? I'm soaking pits are soaking. I'm like, eh, it is what it is. It just doesn't. I don't know. I. I don't think about it when I'm hot. I'm just like, I just don't think about it. Because don't you don't mind being mired in your own filth. Right. Like a pig. It doesn't bother me. You say that, and yet I have very distinct memories of you losing your temper just the same as the rest of us. I know, but I lose the- my temper just the same when it's not, uh, not hot, is what I'm saying. It doesn't affect me in a different way. I don't like the sun on my face. That I can't do. Like, yeah. if I'm outside, and the sun, I'm just like, ah, I can't do it. But just like, I don't know. Joe's actually very caring in that manner. He's seen the sun shine on me during recordings, and he's gotten up and closed the, the like blinds for me. over while trying. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe's a big uh, getter-upper during the recording, as Grant gets up during the recording. <laughs> Joe, just get up, have a he's pee, <laughs> get a beer, do a now, handstand. He's now giving Joe yeah, a, a lap mean, dance. It's, it's, sometimes it's suggestive. <laughs> His butt's in my face. There it is. <laughs> Sometimes Troy thinks that this isn't a, uh, a Pathfinder game. It's yeah. still a Pathfinder game. You know what you do during a Pathfinder game? You get up and get yourself a beer. You get up, you have a beer. Sometimes you pee when it's someone else's turn. We're just a <laughs> bunch of friends hanging out playing a game we love. We put our pants on one leg at a time. 
<laughs> May I, yeah, sure, it takes Matthew a little longer to pull that those tight jeans over that hair. <laughs> but That's he still tight puts them on one leg at a time. Jeans are so tight, they're cutting off hairs as he's pulling the hair sticking out of the jeans fibers. I try to, I'm trying to reduce the friction by rubbing away the hairs. I will say, I should have known going into this that Matthew would have been touchy and, and sensitive towards any temperature changes because he's wearing shorts today. Last time it was hot here, he made a big deal about wanting to be ready for a business meeting at all times and wearing long pants. But it's so hot today, even Matthew has lowered himself to the realm of shorts. I just thought he was wearing two-toned pants. <laughs> Uh, if I could briefly steer us away from discussion of the extremities of Matthew's mammalian traits. <laughs> yes, I, I, I have gifts for everybody. Oh! Uh, I was, we were just at, I was in Tennessee visiting Samantha. Love Tennessee. I've Tennessee's heard it's great. one of the 50 states. It is, yes. in fact. And we, we ended up going to Dollywood. Classic. Uh, one day. And great. so I saw in one of the, the stores there, they have personalized sheriff badges for people oh. so i got one here's one for troy there's no way it says troy on it it does it probably it says does. bort <laughs> i looked for bort i did not have bort uh let's oh, say wow. we've got uh matthew there there we go Ooh, hopefully that's tossing right. him around the studio uh and we've got uh Oh wait, no. That's, this this one says Samantha. Oh, that's Samantha. Okay, <laughs> that's for Troy's I don't know wife. Troy, she, I don't that, know that must be for my wife. Unless you're yeah, mailing that's it for back your to your wife. That's, that's your wife. <laughs> that was thoughtful of you. Uh, I, they didn't have Joe, but I got Joey. Oh, I'll take oh, Joey. Joey. And, that's my uh, family. Sheriff name. Joey. It's my birthday. Ironically, name. <laughs> for the sheriff in our group, there was no grants, and yeah. I don't know what the proprietors of an establishment like that in a former Confederate state could possibly have against <laughs> someone with the name Grant. <laughs> but I was able to find a solar-powered uh, Grant oh, keychain. Wow! Thank you. So there you go. Wow! What is the solar power for? Uh, to light it, up the, the sign. Up, yeah, it lights up with his name. Oh. This is perfect for my Solarian in another game. Oh, yeah. there it is. Nice. There we go. Well, yeah. thank you, Skid, and thank, thank you, you to Dolly Parton for manufacturing these uh, sheriff's badges and for funding the Moderna vaccine. Yes, that was a big point of, of, of praise down there for her, for my, sure. My so. favorite thing ever was Dolly broadcasting herself getting the vaccine that she funded, and she's being adorable and wonderful and Dolly. And the doctor takes like a little too long to just inject her. And she's clearly nervous of needles. So she's like, any old time now. <laughs> just come on, get it in. Come on, all right. And she's just sweating bullets waiting for this needle to go in her arm. Well, we're about to be working nine to five on this episode. <laughs> there we go. Oh, what, what, a, a, segue. what a way to make Still it Still got it. I am sweating. I know. I know. Sorry. These, uh, these intros, I get all warmed up. Oh, I just rolled a 20. I didn't even know. What's up, little friend? You just made fun of Joe. You made for fun of Joe hard. For rolling it. a meaningless 100, which is way more rare it than It was his you. reaction. We were just setting up, and he goes, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know something really good. <laughs> it was pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, it's about right. It's pretty much exactly that. <laughs> and I thought, like, either something really good happened or really bad happened. And you were like... I just rolled a hundred under the hundred. The reaction. Was, <laughs> oh, oh! 
<laughs> it was oh, all no. if I may. It wasn't. Uh, you just need a little contact. It was the first time I rolled uh, the two d10 of a brand new dice set. Still lame. Uh, and I was shocked <laughs> to see the three zero. Still lame. Still it lame. was also during that. <laughs> it was during that period of time where Joe's pretty good at like satellite data being quiet right before we record. And normally, if he does something like that, it's something of great import. But it was just a d100 roll. It's a one in a hundred chance. <laughs> Are you sweating now, Joe? No, I'm good. All right, you'll be sweating after this. Oh, they were killing you on the boards a couple episodes ago. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What do you do? Why? Now? What did I do now? It, it was the seven points of damage that Sir Will uh, dealt out. They just can't wrap their head around a fifteenth-level paladin, only doing seven points of damage. Someone get a close-up of his face as we discuss this. Your thoughts, Joe, on a fifteenth-level paladin um, with a twelve strength. Well, he's got. <laughs> well, first of all, it's a bad role. <laughs> Secondly, a couple comments. Love the guy. Great role player. Can't build a character to save his life. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't undo the original build. You know what I mean? Like, you can retrain things. You can't redistribute all your ability points. So, wait, your, your, your cavalier paladin didn't have much, had a 12 strength? It's 16 strength. He has a 16 oh. strength. He's, a, he's a, pal- a halfling. So he immediately takes minus two to strength. And so uh, he has the value of an 18 strength in terms of what it costs uh, to have 16. And then he, uh, he um, you know, he's just small. He uses a smaller weapon. Uh, Why didn't he not- just let Grant look at his character sheet before he submits it? <laughs> he Paraphrase is- that one, too. <laughs> he's not uh he's not built to deal damage that's not what he uh, do to, they, ne- to neutral creatures joe here's a question do they not make belts of physical perfection in halfling size yes he has one on he has one on and he's a 16 and you yes still, and you still dealt seven points of damage yeah i am unsubscribing from the patreon because joe is stupid and i hate him and everything he does is bad that's not a hit that's not real i'm paraphrasing Okay. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've received Troy <laughs> Valley. <laughs> it might not be a true statement, but it's a true statement if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe you'll see him do other stuff. I just don't think everybody can always put out massive amounts of damage uh, and and do the other things. You know, he, he has some magic he can do. He can heal people. Uh, he can fuck somebody up. He can do Baron's full three-shot hit in one blow if he's charging and they're evil. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's a mounted build. A mounted build means you have to put every feat into your mount, in your mounted build. And so, like, in difficult terrain against neutral beasts, yeah. it's uh, jammed up against a wall with a, uh, the equivalent of a short sword. He just can't do that. This is why Joe has earned my nickname for him, the Orchid. Because some of his characters take perfect conditions to bloom. I think a lot of Pathfinder characters do. True. I mean, um, it's like playing on a clay court for you. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I gotta play on grass. Like, I'm no good. <laughs> right. I don't know anything about tennis. I don't know who's good at what. I got but, it, though. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, it was the whole idea behind Sir Will in the first place was like to experiment with mounted characters. I will never, ever, ever play a mounted character again. No. Unless we're playing four cavaliers <laughs> on the fields of battle like together <laughs> then i will play a mounted character yeah. but uh the whole reason was to experiment with it in dungeon settings so i had to go small character for a medium mount so it could fit downstairs are for there, example are there any aps that take place entirely on flat ground 
That's why I – well, no. But that's the thing. Is like, that'd be awesome. I don't think they're designed to be used in APs. I think that they're designed to be used in like home games that are, uh, you know, a 10-session long campaign about a, right. you know, uh, a band of Cavaliers. Like, yeah. Otherwise, it's like, what the fuck is a Cavalier for? That's yeah. Joe at GlassCannonNetwork.com if you disagree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Light them up. Um, Before a Cavalier met- existed, mm-hmm. if you wanted to play a knight, did you just build a fighter and just call him a knight? Paladin. Or I mean, but what if you want to be a knight and not be like a knight of God and not play a lawful good knight? Mm. There was, I mean, in, in original D anD D, there was the paladin class came before. There was a cavalier class, but it came about after the paladin existed. Cavalier. So you didn't really have an option to play a non holy warrior like that, unless you took a fighter and just said that's what he is. Uh huh. Right. Um, yeah. And actually, the Cavalier in Unearthed Arcana was really overpowered. Was it still a mounted character? Or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're mounts-focused. They had a lot of mount-focused abilities. And crazy uh, attribute requirements, like, uh, across the board, like, really high. Because that was the thing for Paladins. The one big thing that had pretty big attribute requirements, <clears throat> the one big one was uh, the, you had to have a 17 charisma, oh, which wow. is prohibitively high. Yeah. That is wild. It is interesting, though, with mounted combat in video games, which is a something close we normally talk about a lot in comparison to Pathfinder, like Red Dead Redemption, Red Dead Redemption 2, and like the Zelda series where you have a Pona. You usually just use the horses for transport or like mm-hmm. chase sequences. Yeah. By the time it gets to big battles, you kind of get off because you feel unwieldy and you can't do it. So you need these kind of big spaces to really charge. Mm-hmm. Do you need more space? Oh, the other question I have. Is there anything in Pathfinder where, like, spears are extra effective against mounted combat, Joe? Against mounted combat? Yeah, yeah like if you're bra- No, this yeah, if you brace, the bracing thing, thing, If you right? brace, it goes up against the charge, yeah. yeah. Okay. You remember that? We, we could have done that with the... Uh, at- in Trunel, in the Battle of Trunel, when they, there were spears available yeah, yeah. at the barricade to brace, yep. and they came running at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just so if I the- just get a charge, for example, mm-hmm. if I just get a charge against an evil creature... That I have smoten. It's plus twenty nine to hit for three d six plus sixty damage. Oof. You know, I mean, that makes up a little bit of a difference. Even, and I don't have to stand there either. I can charge, hit, and then get completely out of their range in one move. Uh, it's pretty interesting. And charging, you don't incur attacks of opportunity. No, that's great. Well, there you have it. Solved. 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 <laughs> it was just a really awful situation. Also, he's not the damage dealer of this party. Dam- uh, Baron and Nestor have got it covered. Well, listen, this was weeks ago. Two weeks ago. So it's in the past. We'll never have to worry about your low damage input output again. <laughs> because you're, you might not survive this episode. How many metras are there flying up with Sir Will? I should check. If you remember, right. there was Fine. quite a battle. Upstairs in that warehouse, there was a, a chain that grabbed at Lexington's foot. There was a, a bookcase a domino effect that almost trapped all of you. A tiger, giant, an earth elemental, and a troll. And then, of course, Sir Will gets thrown out the moon door. Metra dives in after him. Cast fly. Cast fly on herself. And you guys are slowly making your way back up. How many Metras are there? There are seven Metras. Seven Metras. And you guys are totally visible. Yeah. Totally visible. 
Yeah. Interesting that you are, because uh, at that moment, mm. you hear. Roll for initiative. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Do we all roll for initiative or just them? Yeah, you know what? Roll for initiative, and we'll see what we see. You know, you're out of battle now. Of course, Nestor won't see very much. Yeah. He's still permanently blind. I'm still blinded forever. Um, but, you know. <laughs> forever. <laughs> it's a long time, mate. Yeah. With the know. damage output of Sir Will and all of these metras, they're going to be just fine. What'd you roll there, Sir Will? Uh, I didn't roll yet. I'm going to do this live. I got my new paladin dice, uh, thanks to Eric and uh, our friends at Norse Foundry. These gorgeous rose quartz. Yeah, those are nice. Oh, uh, yeah. Mine, gorgeous. The one they sent me, the, the quartz, holographic quartz are beautiful as well. I got some beautiful stri- uh, striped blue agate. Ooh. Ooh. Aggies. Agate, yeah. Agate, not agate? Uh, no. It's agate. <laughs> agate. Yes. <laughs> that means love in Latin. <laughs> well, they clearly love me because those dice are beautiful. Hey! First roll, natural six. Oh, oh, oh. booyah! Uh, for an eight. An eight. Okay. Metronarns? 25. I wrote 89 for Sir Will. That's very high. Uh, Nestor. Nestor got a. I think it's. I was not affected by my blind. It's a 23. 23. Very good. Baron? A misfire of a three on the die for oh. an 18 total. Oh, oh, no. Let's see if you fumble the initiative roll again. All right, here we go. Uh, here's what's going to happen. First, we're going to resolve this uh, thing coming out of the clouds. Uh, it's just flying at you, and I'm going to say it's flying at Sir Will, and it's probably going to miss. Uh, it does miss. So this thing is. Flies right by you, and let's go to the map real quick. Okay, oh. this is weird. There you are, just oh, okay. to give you a sense of where everybody is. So uh, you don't see, but Metra can sense what's up there. Three cloud giants. Oh my god! Oh. Big old ballista and Sir Will and Metra, so far away from the base. In this little game here, all you got to do is get back to the base, and you're fine. However, your presence has been alerted now. You've locked the doors on the other side there, but how long before they just break them down? A lot of decisions you're going to have to make. Nestor's blind and Baron is with them, and they're nowhere near you. Round one. Metra, what do you do? How far away from the base are we? All right, I'll measure for you. Let me just Google that for you. I mean, <laughs> do we have any vertical uh, distance to travel? You are 145 feet. 145, 150 feet as the crow flies. Uh... I'm going to say that's exactly how far you are away, just to make this uh, make the proportions easier on this. Uh, okay. Uh, proportions, I but don't, the... I'm just checking the rules. Yeah. I Geometry? I think I can do Dimension Door, because I think you have to land on solid ground. Ooh, we're going to land right next to him and see what happens. I prefer not to. Okay. <laughs> Where's Lexington? He's up with uh, Nestor and Baron. That's right. So we also had the wind blowing in his face. Where did we fall from, Metra? How do we get back in? This thing dodges. <laughs> Metra! <laughs> Step out of it! Now's not the time! Stop reading! <laughs> Actually, it doesn't say anything about we have to land on solid ground. Maybe I don't know what I'm thinking of. Right? <laughs> Great. I'm I think good. you maintain your momentum. Like, if you're we, currently is, falling and then you yeah. teleport or whatever, then you'll still be traveling down at the same speed 
when you reach your destination. Um, I don't want to do that. So let's you know what? Let's keep it fun. I want to. I want to throw Troy a bone here. I'm just going to cast haste. Hey, listen, I'm, I don't have a horse in the race. Oh, that's amazing. So haste? Haste is the one. Okay. So you and Will are hasted. And then I will move my full complement of hasted uh, speed, <laughs> which will be... Don't leave me behind! <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> hey, don't worry. In the action economy, this is supposed to be happening at basically the same moment. But Troy doesn't see it that way! <laughs> <laughs> you know he'll twist your words like the serpent himself. He'll use them against you. <laughs> Suddenly, Metro is just screening 120 feet away. We'll just sit there in the middle of the sky. <laughs> uh, yeah, Symmetra so will move 120 feet. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in Iron Cloud Keep, Nestor, you know that the battle is over. I would sh- I'm sure at this point you know that Sir Will and Metra have gone down. Uh, what do you do? I, see, I, I can't see. I can't see. I'm very badly hurt. Whoa. Where is everybody? Well, both Sir Will and Metra fell down the hole. But I, I bet they'll be right back. I, I don't have any way to fix your eyes right now, Nestor. I'm sorry to tell you. I don't like this, I've got to say. And if they don't come back, I don't like our chances. I hate to say it. I uh, know, but let's cross that bridge when we get to it. We got some time. And, uh, well, it's not Baron's turn. He'd like to look down the hole and see how they're doing, but he can't. Okay, one of the clouds. I'd turn. like to look down the hole, too. Uh, well, I didn't want to throw it in your face, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Metro, Sir Will, I don't know what you actually see, but you do see them like shouting commands at each other. And one of the clown giants moves into position like he's trying to reload the ballista. And now it's Baron's turn. Okay, uh, have we fully dealt with the creature that I believe we've figured out kind of regenerates somehow that's on the ground now? Or do I need to splash it with something acidy? Because I think we did a check at some point. I don't remember. Because if we have not, Baron's action will be to uh, use an orison to acid splash it, if it's still regenerating. As far as I know, I think you hadn't dealt with it yet. I think there was so much commotion, you hadn't dealt with it. It's pedantic, but uh, you can do that and then also take a look down the hole and do some stuff there. All right, so he'll take a look down the hole uh, prior to heading over to deal the acid splash damage. Uh, I can't see myself on the map now. I'll put you over there. Boom. Perfect. Uh, is he able to see either Metro or Sir Will? Yeah, roll a perception. See what you see. Okay, here we go. Uh, average roll, that will be a uh, 32. Ooh, 32, yeah. You look down there and you see them flying back up towards the door, but they do look like they're in a hurry. Maybe being a little hasty. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what you see. It looks like Metra has pulled away from Sirwell. Okay, well then, uh, Baron will uh, do a ranged touch attack with an acid splash against the creature on the ground. Uh, that is a fifteen on the die, so that's going to hit. Yeah, and it's you don't have to deal with it anymore. So right. that is taken care of. Then Baron is going to move further away from the shaft in order to give them the entrance way they might need. I guess. Wide berth, as it were. Back to the other man. And it's Sir Will's turn. Uh, Sir Will is going to do his best to try to fly something he's never done before, I don't think. Uh, he's just like, 
eyes will go wide, but he tries to look in and find where Metra's gone uh, in the distance. And This is he, so dramatic. I know. It really is. And he sees them reloading the ballista, and he's just like keeping an eye on it uh, just in case he has to dodge. But I think... Yeah, he's going to swift action uh, lay on hands uh, on himself. And then as he's flying, and then he's just going to fly. Uh, well, I mean, he can just fly right under the castle, right? Yeah. Because you can double move. Because I can double move. Yeah. So, yeah, he'll just fly out of sight, out of radio. As he starts going, he's just like, whoa, whoa. Like, he can't believe how fast he can yeah. go. Uh, and his Fly, hair ooh. blowing in the wind. Uh, and he goes past Metra uh, and a good 60 feet deeper into the castle. Okay. So how many, so how many feet did you fly? Uh, he flew, I'm assuming, 180 feet. Or can he do 200 feet? Can he double his hasted speed or does he just get... Yeah, his method of speed increases by that amount. Yeah. By double, right? Yeah, you can't go over... Yeah, I guess it does, because we have a fly speed now. Right? Yeah. When you yeah. pass fly, you get a fly speed. Yeah. I'll look it up, but I think that he's, he could be 240 feet. Okay. Uh, they're yelling uh, commands. You feel like they're re-aiming it, and then it goes back to the next round, and it's Metra's turn. Metra. Um, I mean... Trying to gauge the range to the, to the uh, shaft... Let's see. It is from you, Metra, 205 feet, which means Sir Will would not be there. He'd still be 80 feet away from the shaft. Right. Metra will first cast a spell. She's going to point her finger at the ballista, at at the at a portion of the ballista's oh, bow. Okay. And disintegrate the ballista. Oh, nice. Oh, so nice. The ballista needs to roll a fortitude save. All right. Hold on. Let me get the ballista's fortitude. There it is. <laughs> well, that's for 20. I legit <laughs> rolled Oh, that. no. <laughs> that is one hearty ballista. One hearty oh, my ballista. God. So let me just check. With that bonus, yeah. It passed. It's resistant to even my most powerful <laughs> magics. <laughs> the, the ballista laughs. I mean, it still takes damage. Yeah. Uh, hold on, I gotta you, roll it. You're totally messing up and fucking up. Don't even roll, worry right. about the damage. And then do you fly under? And then I fly under. All right, so now you're effectively out of combat. However, these cloud giants have been uh, re-alerted to your presence, or uh, arguably alerted to your presence, because when you guys came up, you were dealing with three cloud giants on the southern platform. You know on the northern platform, that's where Sir Will landed after he was uh, thrown from the back of Noximara. So now you know there's at least three more cloud giants over here that now just started firing at a flying halfling and a flying Kyle. This is the second time they fired at that halfling. Yes. That's true. Although maybe they didn't see him on the back of Noximara at the time. Yeah, just, he would have just been a speck on Noximara. Whereas now he was the main target. Oh, he was invisible. You were invisible as Nox. That's were. right. All right. Sure was. Yeah, and they still did fire. Don't forget. Hmm. So maybe they ah. can see. And that same thing happened to you when you were uh, in the crater as well. You're like, I'm just going to fly. <laughs> they fired at you. And you're back here in this weird warehouse. Dead tiger giant. Dead troll. Earth Elemental has gone back from whence he came. Let's talk about treasure, okay? Let's talk about yes. looting bodies like there's no tomorrow. By the way, we were flying at 
so 240 feet for every six seconds mm-hmm. is 40 feet per second, which is only about 27 miles per hour, which was that was still be incredibly fast when you have no car around you. If, right. It's still yeah. no visor on. Yeah. <laughs> the, the mountain troll has nothing of import on his person. However, we asked Splash again in fury. Gawai! That's why I have another on you, no money or anything. <laughs> it no would open be... casket for you. <laughs> it would be a closed <laughs> casket service. I don't know why, but that's really dark to me. <laughs> <laughs> Look what they did, my boy. <laughs> my boy. Use all your powers. What you use all your powers? Uh, oof. Got quite a haul on this tiger giant. Yes! Oh right. man, yeah, this is like book six treasure. All right, yes, Matthew, write it down. Magical armor, okay. What? Magical spear. Ooh. Magical belt. Whoa. Magical bracelet. Magical cloak. <gasps> this uh, meteorite chunk or whatever the hell she was throwing around at you with her mind is that laying cool. on the floor, radiating magic. Uh, she also has on her person some body paint, like camouflage body paint, enough to cover four medium creatures straight out of the book. Uh, I can just tell you right now that would grant a plus two bonus on stealth checks um, on, uh, you know, <laughs> against certain enemies. She has jewelry on her person worth 1,000 gold pieces. Wow. And that is what she has. Spellcraft? Yeah! Should we be tracking any of this? Does it matter anymore? Yeah, it matters. You've got a lot of fighting left left to do. But I mean, like, the money and, like, the large weapons. Like, because theoretically we can't get out of here and come back, right? Or is there a possibility? Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd track it. Uh, 24 spellcrafts. Okay. Anybody else have any spellcrafts? Uh, I could aid. I do aid with a 22. 26 okay. spellcraft. I do aid. 28. 28. It's a plus two huge spear. Plus four hide armor. Wish you could resize that. That bracelet is a bracelet of second chances. (gasps) That sounds amazing. This is what she used to negate the crit, right? That sure is. Um, It is now adorned with six coral beads carved in intricate designs. It had seven. When a crit or sneak attack is confirmed um, as an immediate action before the damage is rolled, you can convert the crit into a normal hit. And when you do so, a bead shatters. When all seven beads are used up, or in your case, six, the bracelet itself crumbles into powder. Cool. You say critical attack or sneak attack? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's handy, Danny. Yeah. Uh, The cloak is cool. Uh, It is a cloak of arachnida. I'm probably mispronouncing it. Spider climb? Arachnida. Arachnida, thank you. This red and violet silk garment, delicately embroidered with a barely perceptible web-like pattern, gives the wearer the ability to climb as if a spider climb spell had been placed Mm. upon her. In addition... The cloak grants her immunity to entrapment by web spells or webs of any sort. She can move in webs at half her normal speed. Once per day, the wearer of this cloak can cast web. She also gets a plus two luck bonus on all fortitude saves against poison from spiders. That would have come in handy. So Hmm. that cloak should actually just be called Cloak of Spider-Man. Cloak. They can't say that. (laughs) You're going to get a suit. No, no, you, you, you misheard. I did not include the hyphen. Ah, ah. Well, then that's fine. 
The belt. Ooh, get your get your boxing gloves out. Everybody's gonna want a piece of this belt. Actually, it's not that great. Uh, it's worth what a lot of money. Belt of fallen heroes. This large brass belt has three panels depicting scenes of battle. Bit of a triptych. Once per day on command, the women, the women, the women. What do they have to do with this belt? Once per day, the women ride forth <laughs> against your enemies. <laughs> Once per day, the wearer can summon the spirit of a hero. Oh, that's what that thing was. That's yeah. what that guy was. Chain. So one of the cheeros is a chain? One of the cheeros is a chain. Uh, one of the <laughs> one of the cheeros is a chain. One of the cheeros is a yeah. chain. Blame the women. Chiro. Blame the women. Okay. The hall uh, of cheeros. You, they summon a hero from one of the pictures. The spirit acts as a spiritual ally. Uh, though unlike the force created by that spell, the summoned hero is not entirely mindless. Oh. Whether or not the summoned hero is active, it attempts to guide its wearer to victory via telepathic warning and advice. How does that work mechanically? Plus one insight bonus on all saving throws. Wow. Man, that's cool. So it's just, it's inspiring you as you battle, even if you're not calling forth the spiritual ally. Wow. Then there is this strange rock. (laughs) Baron, you are particularly intrigued by this rock. It seems to obviously be emanating magic, a magic that you can sense. Magic that Metra can sense, and I think even Sir Will has a little detect magic to go with his 12 strength. Am I right? Am I right, Sir Will? Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) I was reading the Belt of Fallen Heroes. So, you all detect some magic but Baron, you're looking at it, and you're like, I don't know. Let me do my Baron. I don't know. What in I, I, the Sam <laughs> hell? The thing is. That is uncanny. <laughs> so He's a sheriff, not a prospector. <laughs> <laughs> that is the rudest tootinest <laughs> Magical rock I ever seen. Mine eyes have ever seen. In all tarnation. <laughs> That's what he says to himself. <laughs> this now is... on, I'll do the voice in Baron's head. <laughs> <laughs> One of your many characters, beloved characters, the voice in Baron's head. No, but it, it would be an unusual bit of ore. He's familiar with ore. The dwarves have built all sorts of things with their sky citadels. Yes, it's a stone cutting. You got your stone yeah. cutting. Yeah, it, it looks like this just chunk of black diamond that fell out of the sky. Oh. Um, you saw her using it in a way that... <sighs> Give me an arcana check. I'm unable to, but uh, okay. I could uh, confer with my associates. Yeah, I would even... You could do a spellcraft, too. Mm. Okay, here it comes. Uh, that is a total of a not good 11. 11. Yeah, you can't quite wrap your head around it. Uh, Metro, you can give it a give it a whirl, though. Uh, Arcana or Spellcraft. Let's see. Uh, I'll do Arcana. I got a slightly better bonus. Mm, 21. 21. Yeah, so this thing, uh, as you sit there with it, sort of focusing on um, its aura, it's radiating a strong transmutation uh, energy. But it just looks useless to you. Like, maybe she was able to do something with it because she had some sort of connection to it. Whether she created that connection herself or was it bestowed upon her, you don't know, but it just doesn't seem like it would be useful to you. 
but it's radiating this energy that you can't get out of your head. And Baron, you sense that too, but it's just, it stymies you. Can I sense any traces of that transmutation magic along with any of the magic items that she was wearing in case like they're like a, a set piece and like you have to wear the belt to like use the meteor or something like that? Probably not, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, asking. go ahead and roll uh, Knowledge Local. Uh, okay, I have that. Eight. Eight. <laughs> Man, anybody else? <laughs> Uh, I don't have local. Yeah. Mods local? Yeah. Mister, uh, take a look at this one. If, if the situation is described to me in great detail, right. I will. I'm going to rub it out all over Nestor's face. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Let me feel it. <laughs> I think it's exfoliating. Uh, there we go. Ooh, 34? <laughs> all right. So she was displaying uh, the powers of a barbarian. She was raging. Hmm. You know that now. Rage. So maybe she belonged to some sort of uh, you know, tribe of barbarians. This nomadic tribe. And, and, and so most likely she had some ability that she was able to uh, tie into the spirits of her tribe to control the rock in a way that you'd never be able to do. Mm. At the same time, it's still radiating energy and she's dead. So it's like something with this rock. But you can't put your finger on it. And knowledge religion, now that we know that from the uh, local test that Nestor just gave us, would knowledge religion give us any insight into the spirits that you mentioned? Try it. Okay. Okay, 23. 23. Yeah, so you've heard of uh, some some barbarian tribes using um, spirit summoning rituals. And so... Most likely she had something like that that allowed her to summon a spirit that gave her power over this rock. Maybe that's what helped her to move it uh, telepathically, and maybe that's what gave it that return ability. Um, yeah. It's a cool barbarian uh, build. Well, we take the rock, and maybe we can, after, we can spend a night around the fire and regale it with stories of our past and form a kind of connection with it and we'll Tell see Tell me of your journey. <laughs> a little mouth opens. <laughs> I'd like a moment alone with the rock, please. Yeah. It's voice it's voiced by H. John Benjamin. Oh my god. <laughs> Gene. <laughs> if you want oh, to smear Gene. mud on your ass. <laughs> smear mud on <laughs> your ass. <laughs> Just don't lie about it. It weighs about 70 pounds, so it's really heavy. She threw it around like nothing. It's It, it just looks like a, a huge rock, like what giants have been throwing at you for six books. But it weighs about 70 pounds, so you can toss it in your one of your bags of holding that you've been meticulously yeah. monitoring. What Literally everything we have ever found fits in Baron's bag, which it's is amazing. Sweet. Yeah. It's amazing. We it's, sell it. We sell it. We clear it out after, at the end of every book, basically. Yeah, every time we sell stuff. Yeah. And it's a bag. That's what I said. Literally everything yeah. I've ever found like has gone hold, into Baron's bag. It's like a, quarters. It's a bag of holding four, which is 1,500 pounds and 250 cubic feet. So it's a lot of space in that bag. Sometimes I like to take a nap in there. Yeah. yeah, you do see like religious markings all over it that have faded. So like maybe the rock went under some ritual. It could have been something from her tribe or it was bestowed upon their tribe or they found it and it had some religious significance. And uh, How it came into Iron Cloud Keep and what significance it has beyond what you know, it's just, it's really hard to tell. 
But that's what you find in there. Pretty solid hull. Obviously, if you still had access to the forge, a nice plus four hide armor. Lork would have loved a plus two spear. Can't resize it, though. Yeah. Who's taking the belt? Who's taking the cloak? I would love the cloak. I can't. The Someone should definitely wear the belt. I probably shouldn't because I have a belt. Of, but it bruised my decks. So do I. Yeah, I can't use the belt. Uh, does anyone have a... No. No one's beltless, right? I, I My belt is dex-based. It's yeah. a big part of my build, so I can't. It Unless would, I can wear it over my shoulder like a, a WWE championship <laughs> as the Intercontinental <laughs> and the World Championship. I mean, it is a giant-sized belt. Could I wear it as a shawl? <laughs> <laughs> the belt will resize automatically. Uh, yeah, wondrous items resize. But if I want to wear it as a shawl? <laughs> Put it around your neck. Oh, I wonder if I... <laughs> Stop my resizing. It's resizing. Oh. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough. Someone... Man, it's, we're really missing out on something awesome yeah. by not wearing it, but I don't know who would want to give up. Yeah, it's like once a day you have a fifth party member that shows up. It's, it's such a bummer that that's the slot that it takes. Well, hold on to it. Okay. Maybe there'll be a, a point. You know, right oh. now it's it's spirit summoning ability has been used up for the day. Uh, not spirit summoning. It's spiritual ally ability has been used up for the day. She used it, but uh, there might come a time when you're like, you know what? Let's switch belts real quick. I'll get that bonus to saves. We need a fifth person for this battle. Is there a twenty four hour cooldown in between switching wondrous items like that? Isn't that to like stop people from swapping like in between battles or whatever? God, I think there I is. We talked about that forever ago. I, I think that's only when you wear an item and in this in the item of the text it says like this grants a, a bonus for twenty four hour. It's right. for that it's, something it's like built this. Into can, the, a description of the item. Yeah. Like yeah. usually that's like a things that give you a plus two plus four plus six to your ability scores those ones can't be switched willy-nilly yeah the uh the obvious person to wear it would were we in a different book would be thune Mm. i am thune uh what about the cloak nestor wants it anybody actually no i forgot i have a cloak resistance plus five so wow I was excited about this haul but i forgot you guys are superheroes i'm wearing a cloak of resistance plus five as well um, but I'm wondering how useful that will be coming up. Like, is it just flavored to have a cool synergy with the face spidery inquisitor we fought earlier? Like, they all work together in, like, some weird Justice League that's spider-themed. Um, or Legion of Doom, I should say. Um, can can Lexington wear it as a saddle blanket? <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Lexington just starts climbing the walls. <laughs> All right, so you're going to throw the cloak out the moon door along with the spear, the hide armor, and the belt of fallen near us. I literally just said earlier, received everybody time. We don't need any of this. Yeah. Well, okay. uh, the, the bracelet I would like. I'd like, yeah, the bracelet. Yeah, the I'll bracelet. roll off. Unfortunately, it was in the pocket of the cloak. Oh, no. <laughs> we threw it away. I'll roll on that bracelet, yeah, That's bro. a good bracelet. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's what they call a lifesaver when you're dealing with a times three crit and a giant that's right up in your john. Right. Okay, who's rolling? I'll roll. I'll I roll. Am. I will. No one's bracelet slot is filled? Wrist is that slots? a friendship bracelet I see on Baron's wrist? <laughs> well, the thing is, is I kind of want to give it to someone else because I already have Greater Thremor's beard, which once per day lets me undo a crit. Ah, yes. So I feel like I want to spread that love out. I don't want to have all the crit stopping power. And the Greater Thremor's beard, I feel like, is a really neat aspect of Baron's character that he's like, 
circumvented this giant god's power to serve him in yeah. like a very dwarven way with like this weird metal thing that exists under his own beard and can grab weapons. We've yet to see the artwork of Baron wearing that helmet, and I'd like to see it. You know what? Show me that farm. I can't wear the bracelet. Because oh. I've got bracers of armor on. You have no wrists. Bracers no... of armor? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and what's I actually... your AC? Twenty two. Huh. Huh. And you know what's your brace of armor bonus? Plus four. Nice. That takes up your <laughs> That takes up your wrist slot? My wrist slot, yeah. Okay. All right, so it's a nester. It looks like it's me and you. Will. Oh. oh, did you want your blindness cured? <laughs> <laughs> well, a simple bracelet will do it all. <laughs> all right, let's go. You would just uh, give a donation to the <laughs> right. A donation to oh, my it? bank account. Tyere <laughs> Varvatos? <That's>, yeah. For <laughs> oh, a simple God. donation. Forever ago. <laughs> I really is forever ago. God, yeah. yeah that guy was the worst. You had, it was a woman, I think. It was, it was a woman. Yeah, it was, there was it another was, guy. Yeah. There was a guy. We there was a paladin. That a was like bee the guy, guard, right? Yeah. His name was a bee, I thought. Uh, oh God! Uh, yeah, uh, Miss Varveda. Galabras knew him because uh, he he was. There. Oh yeah, yeah, I was working volunteering under him at the church. Oh, or I'll think. Get his it. name. Was it was, it was it a Ty- great name? Was uh, it Tyre Bront- Bronte Caldwell? <laughs> Bronte <laughs> yeah. Caldwell. Tyre Varvados was one of the Catherine Zeta Joneses, right? Yes, yes. yes. She was right, the priestess right. of uh, the chapel. I seem to remember Bronto we- Calderon. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Calderon. Uh, Calderon. It was Calderon. Yeah. Definitely Calderon. I remember because that was the whole Miami Vice Bratron. thing. Br- uh, Brontos? Something Calderon. Bronson? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do the roll off. Nine. Ooh, gives me a shot. Cracked eye. Oh, oh. I bet. 13. Oh, lucky 13. Yes. Would the cracked eye have won, Joe? We need to know the answer. It was an 8 and like a 14, I think. Oh. Brantos. 8 and 16. Brantos. 8 and 16, it was cracked up. This is great. Uh, it was uh, Tyere's Tyere staunchest ally, uh, an errant paladin named Brantos Calderon, mm. formerly stationed at Castle Farine. Uh, right. He forsook his post to pledge his blade, and rumor mongers claim his heart to the resolute young cleric who toils on this harsh frontier. Wow. I have no idea of the story that I'm finding here on an obsidian portal. So he was a Castle Farine. He left uh, the Knights of Ozum because he fell in love with Tyre. Wow. That's cool. That is awesome. Oh, I want to write that comic. Yeah. Yes. That's a side story. That's, that's epic. All right, got some options here, folks. Um, you saw, uh, I think Metra saw, because you have the the best dark vision. Uh, Do we pop out of the hole? Yeah, you pop out of the hole. You're there the whole time. Oh, surprise! What? <laughs> Who said that? What happened? What's happening? I'm right here, Lexington. Fear not. Happy what? Birthday, <laughs> Nesta, can you can you see my hand? No, no, mate. Uh, this is terrible i don't like this can somebody please help me this is awful i'm in incredible pain i can't see slap him across the face see if it helps don't, who said that <laughs> don't do that come on who did say that who it could take that? me under like, i'm not joking <laughs> uh he'll say vanesta i believe the grace of Iomide may be able to sweep this condition away. I love her. She's my favorite. I worship her every day. Prayers and all that. It That's is, wonderful. It is your sincerity that I feel the most. It's, it must be radiating out of me because the depth of my faith is unparalleled. If there's one thing I can judge, it's character. <laughs> You're very good at that. 
Yeah. I will. I've got wonderful taste. I will need to pray, though. He looks around at all of you. And I'm afraid I will need some rest in order to, to do so. Yeah, you can't just do it now. I cannot. I'm sorry. So you're saying that I'm going to go around like this for overnight, at least? At least, yes. All right, well... <laughs> Fine, uh, that's great. Uh, if there, uh, you, uh, you, you could rack your brain for any other options. I mean, that'd be great because this is really unpleasant for a number of reasons. I'm sorry. What about, what about your dog? Can it, he at least lead me about? He is quite the magical wolf, but unfortunately, that is beyond his powers. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> sake, mate. Lexington walks into the shaft. <laughs> it does not seem like too much to ask. That's all. Uh, well. Metra. Yes. Thank you for going after me. Oh. Did not have to do that. It was risky, and I appreciate it. I know you would have done the same for my daughter. <laughs> sure, yeah, I, I guess. Yes. <laughs> it's like, who's your daughter? Oh, Wait, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Given the chance, yes, I, I'm sure I would. Okay, let's move along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd never consider murdering your daughter in cold blood. Never. Cold demon's blood never crossed my mind. Never consider launching a storyline where I demonized her for no reason. <laughs> Not of an angel, that one. Always went with the good path. <laughs> Always chose the right way. So what are you going to do here? Obviously, Nestor's blind. You can't do anything about it till the next day. You see some options here, uh, whether you go forward now or later. Uh, to the east, you saw some sort of circular dais in a room 60 or so feet away, a room that looks like uh, it's, it opens up to the north and the south, and then a passageway just con- keeps continuing east. And then to the west, about 50 feet from uh, this room, is uh, it's, the path splits to the north, to the south, and then continues on to the west. So you've got a bunch of different ways to go, but you've got a, a blind companion. And very hurt? Nestor is very badly hurt. So I think it's time to do some healing. Nestor, how low were you HP wise? I was down to sixteen. Sixteen? That's one hit from permadeath. Yeah, point, one right? one more hit from that giant for sure would have killed me forever. <sighs> wow. Yeah, everybody's been kind of right at death's door. Um, you just. You could really use a bracelet of second chances. I know. I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, the crit. The vital strike crit. Yeah, because if I had it and she didn't, I would have crit her that time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, the whole thing would be moot. Yeah. Moot. Point. The question is moot. So uh, you're able, between Sir Will's powers and Baron's powers and wand, you're able to get Nestor back up. We didn't touch the wand, actually, which oh, great. is a nice thing about yeah. Sir Will's... Uh, yeah, Sir Will ability. just yeah uh, ran off six lay on hands between Nestor yeah. and himself. How does it feel healing Nestor? It felt good. Mm-hmm. felt good to do something right. I mean, yeah, Will has got to have done so much soul-searching during the interim... To transform himself from a cavalier to a paladin. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that is really representative in how potent the healing is. Like, it is so potent now, so much more than it used to be. And you could feel it, Nestor. It's just like, it's, there's a powerful divine magic that's coming through. Yeah. And it's because of, you know, he's just sort of devoting himself to this and 
trying to not put his own, you know, sort of ambitions in front anymore. It used to have to do with his house and his nightly pursuits and his desire for glory and all that kind of stuff. And now it's just like put everything in the hands of Iomade and uh, see how that goes. And so far it's me making him stronger and stronger, which is cool. Yeah. Just not with a sword. Right. Ever, <laughs> apparently. So what do you do? So our options are to go down a level to Renfall's place or the engine room and sleep, you know, where poor Dalgrith is. Uh, but we've alerted some giants out there again. They were locked out anyway and might have come in on their shift, but that's a little dicey. Or we can explore this floor for a place to sleep. Um, we still have the tent, too. The, the magical the, the tent? tent spike. Tent. tent spike. Yeah. Hmm. I just worry if we're going to rest, especially now that we've just alerted those guards on the the platform. Maybe we don't want to descend to another level. Well, they would come here. Well, they could go to either level, right? Because that is like a dumbwaiter where it has entrances to both floors. What you call me? Is that how the shaft worked? <laughs> the shaft, yeah, we could have entered from both floors. So they could be looking on both floors for us either way. Is there? Does the shaft go up another floor? Or is it this? The no, top it ends of the... here. I mean, I'd be fine with the spike if we find a place, but we don't necessarily have a place to go around here. And we have to go back to God. I think we have to go back to God. Yeah. We might run into that patrol, but yeah. And I think Sir Will would also during this this time of like healing and looking around and stuff. He would also say, you know, going down there, the, being alerted to our presence here. Um, he would say to Baron, there is also a danger, Sheriff, that they could stumble upon uh, an ally of mine that I traveled here with. Metra, you remember Adriel. Adriel is perhaps a relative of yours. He shares the name Ashpeak, and he traveled here with me. We were thrown from the dragon in, in our attempt to arrive here, and I know he'd be safe. He flies easily, just as Metra does but I don't know where he may have landed. He's literally looking around. He could be in the castle. He could be searching for us, for all I know. And I'd rather not have those guards stumble upon him by himself. But he may very well be okay. He's a very powerful caster. You see, like, a Hitchcock zoom, where the lens comes in. (laughs) Parallax zoom on Baron's face, and you hear, like, leather gripping on his right hand as it grips, (laughs) and he hears the term Ash Peak again. There are more of us that may yet live, you're telling me, if what you're telling me is the truth. Mitter, have you not spoke of this? Spoke of what? Of Adriel. I thought we'd all been... Well, uh, hadn't we all been together at one point? Well, yeah, but I'm not, like, surprised. Like, the fact he still lives now is in the same way that it was surprising to Sir Will to know that it was. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you never crossed paths with Adrian. Yeah, I was like, you We we know. We haven't met. (laughs) They've never been in the same room together. Can we prove they're not the same person? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Adriel's just wearing glasses. But did you know of his existence (laughs) before this moment? I think so. Didn't we all fight together? Did we all meet in True Now at one point? No. I, no, I don't think we ever crossed no, paths. Adriel Sir and, Will and Adriel left immediately at the end yep. of episode 250. From or, or, or maybe 200. Right before Nestor and Metra and Dahlgrave came back to Trunau. After Highbury. Wait, wasn't Metra involved with saving Sir Will? 
Yeah, yeah. Adriel That's why was she, part of that fight. I know she knows Adriel. I'm yeah. saying does Baron, Baron know no. Adriel? No, Baron hasn't met Adriel. But and so has Mike, someone told him. Right. That was my question. Did Metra never tell Baron that Adriel I'm sure shares we, a name? Asked yeah, I think it happened. Talked about like I said, I think the surprise is more like you were surprised that. That Baron you still live, still live. That yeah, he okay. still live. So he's just the idea of him being there is what's exciting to. Yes, so. I had told you that I seeked the alliance of an evil creature, this dragon Naximara, to get me here. I also could not have gotten here without the alliance of Adriel Ashpeak. Well. He is somewhere about, and I'm sure that he will reveal himself when the time is right. But I worry for his safety, Sheriff. I do too. Those bastards eradicated almost everything that my bloodline lays claim to. But as long as the two of us still walk this earth, there's hope yet. I don't want to compromise this mission in any way, though. I I wish to give him safety if we can, but if anything gets in the way of us stopping Volstis, I think he's on his own. But let's try. It goes without saying. Adriel can take care of himself. But I do fear... If we go downstairs again, we may draw the ire of the guards. Yes. And Nestor is not in a condition to fight. All I see are these bookshelves that we could put up our uh, tent spike in. Uh, otherwise, I don't know if going down the hallway we saw that other creature come to us from might mean that it might be unoccupied and there may be space there. But wait. Did you not say you barred the doors? The outer doors? Yes, but you said yourself... You saw three giants guarding those ballistas, didn't you? I think yes. they could open those doors with I enough agree. time and attrition against it. But I think we would have heard it. We've heard nothing of the sort yet. We may be all right. All right. Let's sneak Let's down. Let's give it a shot. Let's try sneaking downstairs. Um, Metro will cast invisibility on Nestor in case he has to just duck and hide somewhere. I have no idea that you did that. It's no I, difference to me. I tell you <laughs> what I'm doing, so you're aware of the well, plan. Yeah, well, you could say that. I mean, you could just be getting some petty revenge for like, all that would the be amazing. bars that we traded. Yeah, Nestor, you're invisible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, am I invisible? Can you see me? You two? Can't see you at all. Who's talking? See, the tone of his voice makes me think that you're just playing a game with me. No, I... Definitely have the spell slots to, to, to cast the spell. Oh, Definitely. Know. Just please keep... Le- Nestor's like terrified right now. Nestor's <laughs> like... Because this is like everything, like the cockiness, everything is based on the fact that he can protect himself and like, mm-hmm. kill people. Like he cannot do that right now. Right. So yeah, he is just... Uh, he's on edge. Yeah, and there's also a pit to nowhere right below right. you. Right. And like he knows, it's just like he knows he's somewhere near a yawning pit that go. Although he, he would survive that. with people but. who you're not probably not 100 percent sure where their alliance is lying. Right? <laughs> yeah. See, it's just like he now he's just like fuck. You know, I've spent like months making fun of and berating and needling these people. And now look, I'm at their mercy completely. I, it, it, I, without giving any spoilers, it, right now Nestor's condition reminds me of what happens to Loki in the first episode of the miniseries. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> you can, I can imagine Baron and Sir Will just looking at each other like, should we push him? <laughs> fucking push him and end this? Little, little one of these? Find Adrian. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have our fourth. So you head downstairs. 
yes. go back into uh, we'll sneak. that cold weather room you're sneaking. Did Stop I it. ever say, never talk about what a big fan I am of each one of you individually? I think you're all I, I can't remember people. it. I can't recall. I don't recall. Do you, do I must have said. No, Stop ringing a bell. Lexington's no. shaking his head. You're just... <laughs> it's the goodness in your hearts that really makes me Im- impressed in a, it, in a very profound way. Well, sounds like something you would say. It yeah. sounds like it, but I, yeah. I'm not recalling. Could you I remind just, well, us? Well, you know, you, you never know. Like, I came very close to the end just then, I feel like, and and I'm con- consumed by darkness now. And I know, I, I, I can see like the other side in a way. So I don't want to miss my chance to tell each of you in turn how impressive and wonderful you you are and how deeply held your your beliefs in the goodness of others is it's just it's it's a it's a beautiful uh, paradigm it's it's an it's an inspiration to me personally i just wanted to let you know how much i deeply love each of you that's all now please let's keep it down and if we could get back to god that would be lovely although in the good way not in the way that i was about to go (laughs) i'm uh you know what? I'm not going to roll a sense motive because I believe him. <laughs> See? He's got an honest face. Let's sneak downstairs. Metro, Metro lets go of his hand for a second and then, you know, like, oh. just to brush her hair back. And she's like, where's Nestor? <laughs> where'd he go? Nestor. No, see, Describe where you are. Your sense of humor. That's one thing that goes under the radar. I don't know what radar is, but you know, it goes underneath it. <laughs> and that's just criminal. It's criminal. She's, she's a funny woman. I've always said so. Uh, you guys uh, go yeah. down the stairs. You get back to that room with the cold weather outfits. And you want to stealth back to the... Uh, Renfall's chamber. Renfall's chamber. The Tim Renfall's torture chamber, um, where he was tortured to death. Okay. Um, who's stealthing ahead? Not Nestor. Or is the engine room better? Or should we sleep next to the bomb? Bomb to bomb, bomb, bomb. We'll go to Renfall's. <laughs> what's what's closer, the Renfalls or the engine room? Renfalls is closest. It's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. It puts, us, it puts us closer to those giants, though. Whereas the engine room is moving away from those giants. But whatevs. Let's go to Renfall. The engine room or the uh, Renfall room has a force shield, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Or should we just tear that down? You tore that down, and you would think that from what Renfall said is like they expect him. Like people probably are in the know that he was trapped in there. So that's why it's a safe place to hide. And they don't know, they wouldn't know that the force shield is gone. No. Unless they would Ren just Paul's assume out the haunting s- again. <laughs> right. But even then, like, this area should be off limits for right. them. Okay. And we can still post the spike once we're in there. Yeah. True. There, there, there do seem to be various boxes filled with what I assume are torture tools, so maybe we can appear like an Iron Maiden. Yeah. Alright, so you're going to just kind of move quietly, or is someone going to actually stealth? Yeah, I can stealth up okay. first. I think I have the highest stealth out of the visibly... Uh, able right now. Yeah, you can tell Sir Will's that's not his jam. He makes noise every time he moves. Yeah, but, so is there a point? Of st- I mean, I guess there's a scout ahead. Uh, plus 17 to my roll. I'm a plus 18. Oh, well then you want to go? No, you go ahead. You sure? No, no, no. I want you, I want you to do it. Alright, it is a 25. 25. Alright, so Baron quietly skulks down the hallway, looks up. You can see the uh, the hole where the lift was, that lift trap. You're right about 20 feet away from the passageway leading down into uh, Renfall's torture room. But as you turn the corner, you hear a sound. Coming from up north in the chamber. 
What do you do? He waves them on quickly to move as quickly and quietly into that room as possible before they break open the door, and he touches his ear to let them know that he can hear something. Okay. They're trying to break through, Chef. Nestor, come on. Nestor doesn't make a sound, and he can only move at half speed because he's blind. That's right. So he's just trying to fumble his way through the darkness as quietly as he can. Does that get mitigated by hand-holding, if Metro is really holding his hand? I mean, he can just touch a wall and be fine. I, but he, I, he can only just move at half speed. That's right. I am holding. Yeah, I'll hold yeah, you. Yeah. Tum. This way, Nesta. He hears splinters of wood. Tip-tap, tip-tap, tip-tap. Metro, is there anything you can do to prevent their egress? I could build a wall, but they'd know something's wrong. Crack, crack. Uh, you know what? I, I think they already know something is wrong. Metro will, Metro will dash up to the door. Is it this this door right here where we hear this? Oh, the maybe they're from? trying to. Didn't we? Didn't we bar the door? Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. trying so to they're break trying through to it. It's okay. this door right here, right? Yeah. So up to the north, about uh, 100, 100 feet or so, and then to the west, another sixty feet is a set of double doors. All right. Yeah. She'll say, "Here, take Nestor," and then she will dash up to that corner. Okay. And cast wall of stone in front of the door. <laughs> you dash up there. And as you do, you see a morning star break through the door. And then through that hole, another morning star breaks through and smashes into the lumber. And then a third one starts breaking the uh, barrier in half. And you see their faces, and they're just like, and then a wall goes up and closes them. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you next week. Yes! (laughs) Don't need no education. (laughs) They're like, no! The Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.